0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Rebel Parenting. We have one of the most exciting episodes I've gotten to record for you today. Before we get to that, we are in our year-end push. We are trying to raise $62,000 by the end of the year. It's all tax deductible and every single donation helps. You can do that at rebelparenting.org slash donate. The donate button is right there at rebelparenting.org org. Really, everything does help. I know some people are like, Ryan, we don't have a lot of money. I understand that. We don't either, but it lets me know you're out there. It says, hey, we're with you. We're your tribe. We're sending five bucks in. We're sending 10 bucks in. That lets us know we've got you out there supporting us and with us, and we appreciate it. Today's broadcast is with Jocko Willink. Over the past year and a half, Jocko has become something of a star in the world of personal development. He was a Navy SEAL for 20 years, first as an enlisted operator, then as a commanding officer. He led SEAL Team 3's Task Unit Bruiser, the most decorated special operations unit of the Iraq War. The famed American sniper Chris Kyle was their point man. He then became the officer in charge of all training for all West Coast SEAL teams. After Jocko retired, he founded Echelon Front, a flourishing consulting company. He's written a number one New York Times bestseller, Extreme Ownership, and the Jocko podcast has over one million downloads a month. This is a great broadcast. We talk about his book, Way of the Warrior Kid. And I gotta be honest, it's hard to raise a boy in 2017, 2018. It just is. It's hard to raise a boy. It's hard to talk about masculinity. It's hard to talk about hard work. It's hard to talk about a lot of those things. This book gets to the heart of it. It is a novel. It's written for kids. I read it to Lincoln. He ate it up. And I started giving it to my friends I can't tell you how many people have called me. They love this book, Way of the Warrior Kid. We owe Jocko our debt of gratitude for his service to our country and for being a great dad who's written a great book. So without any further ado, please welcome the person I was most nervous to interview in the last year, Jocko Willink. Jocko, thank you so much for coming on the program today. I've been listening to you for so long. And then when you came out with Way of the Warrior Kid, I got to be honest, I was a little confused. I thought, you know, I've seen Discipline Equals Freedom and your other books. I've heard the podcast. I was surprised at a kid's book. What made you decide to wake up and write a kid's book?
1: Well, one thing is I have four kids of my own between the ages of 18 and 8 and so in raising my kids, I learned some things and, and saw some things that I thought helped them. And so I thought to myself, maybe I could help some other kids if I wrote this stuff down in a way that kids could digest it.
0: Mm. I, I got to be honest, it's a brilliant book. And I'm not a psychologist, but I've been raised by one. My dad's a PhD. And there's a lot of things you include in the book that surprised me. Um the relationship with the boy and his dad, you know in the beginning you say dad's great but he's gone a lot on work and mom loves me but of course she does and that's a big Mm. psychological point because there's kids out there reading the books whose dads uh, aren't in the home. They've come from a divorced family or their dad travels all the time or they weren't raised by their dad and you've opened up that door for any kid to read this book and not feel bad about their family And also, especially for little boys, we know intrinsically, of course, our moms love us. Of course, they think we're special. And to grow into a man, we've got to feel that ourselves. How did you know to put that in the book?
1: Well, one thing is uh, in the SEAL teams, there was a lot of guys in the SEAL teams that were raised by single moms. Mm. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that don't have dads around, And I wanted to make sure that those kids didn't feel like they were missing out because they didn't have their dad around. Hmm. On top of that, I kind of closed the loop in the end of the book and I have Uncle Jake explain to young Mark that he doesn't even need Uncle Jake. And you can figure this stuff out on your own, it's harder, but you can do it and you can make that happen because I know that many kids out there, not only do they not have a dad around, they also don't have an Uncle Jake. And so mm-hmm. the point was you could get a lot of this stuff from from the book or from other places in life. And you didn't necessarily need a family member there to show you the way. And a lot of kids don't have that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I really appreciated that. I was at a camp a couple of years ago and a young man asked me a very similar question. He said, I have terrible role models in my life. My dad left when I was little. My uncle's in you know, prison. I've got drug addicts you know, all around me how do I do this? And my advice was to read the great biographies. Look up to the people that you look up to and try to find out what makes them tick. As your time in the SEAL Team, on SEAL Team 3, what were the things that you learned from the men that you had to lead that got you into leadership and then started thinking, you know what? For kids, this is important they learn this early on. I mean, the book is so brilliant in teaching discipline at a time where we don't really teach a lot of discipline, we teach kind of do whatever you want to do and whatever feels good to you, not whatever is the right thing to do.
1: Well, that's true. And that's stuff that definitely I learned in the SEAL teams growing up. And as a young SEAL, I was looking for leadership. And a lot of times I'd see leadership that didn't perform well or that I, that wasn't uh, people kind of people that I didn't want to follow, And then I had some leaders that were absolutely outstanding and I I just took the lessons from the the, the guys that I worked for that I really wanted to follow, that everyone really liked, that everyone wanted to do a good job for and I tried to emulate what they did or the positive things that they did and then the leaders that I had that weren't good, that people didn't like, that people didn't want to follow, I tried to not do the things that they did and over time kind of figured some stuff out for myself and by the time I was in a leadership position... I was always still learning, but I was at least, uh, I think, moving in the right direction. Mm
0: -hmm. And how do you feel? You know, you were leading so many men, and you see so many recruits come in over your tenure in the military. What kind of kids are we raising? Are we doing a good job, or can we do a better job? Is that kind of why you wrote this book, so that the people that are raising kids that listen to the podcast and read your books can do a better job being parents?
1: Yes, I think— there's kids out there, and, and believe me, I hear a lot of complaints about millennials and whatnot. But
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: I'll tell you, you know, I served alongside young kids, 18, 19 year old Marines mm. and soldiers and young SEALs, and, and those guys were as brave and courageous and hardworking as any mm. other human beings I've ever known.
0: Amen.
1: So in the, the pocket of society that I saw the most of was still great. Heroic human beings that were out to serve others and I think that's a, a really positive thing but certainly when I was reading books to my kids, I have three daughters and one son and Especially for my son because I felt like the books were geared more towards girls yeah. and, mm-hmm. yeah. and even the books that were geared towards girls they they Kind of emphasized qualities that I didn't really want to emphasize with my kids and I remember I got a book I went to a bookstore and I was just looking for a book to read to my son. And there was a book about pirates and I I didn't really look through it, but I had some cool pictures in it. So I grabbed this book about pirates and I got it home and I started reading it to him. And and these pirates were the most pathetic. (laughs) I mean, I thought they would at least be tough. They weren't tough. They weren't, they weren't, you know, trying to make anything happen. They were just, it was awful. It was an awful book and it, and it, and it was just an awful, Uh, example for kids to see even if you were going to make someone out to be bad pirates okay well then make them bad Mm -hmm. let us see what bad let let us let us see that there's evil in the world Mm -hmm. but these were just uh pathetic and so Mm -hmm. i at that point that was one of the things that drove me to to write the book looking back on that i said there's no good books for for people to read to their kids boys or girls and I, i mean i get just as much um feedback from people that have daughters as sons with way of the warrior kid and and, you know, I think that's for a good reason. Like I said, I have three daughters and one son and, and the stories in the book are based on my my daughters and my sons. So mm-hmm.
0: you can tell. And I've given this book out so many mm-hmm. times. I can't believe how many of my friends picked this up. Uh, we just did a marriage conference for a couple. All their daughters read it. They're mm-hmm. so excited that you're on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Laura and I, we homeschool our kids and we're amongst a lot of that group. And it's interesting to watch the kids being raised today, you know, as I'm around them more. And little boys, you know, when I was little, we fought and we wrestled and we hit and, you know, we beat each other with sticks. You know, my friends and I, we all did that stuff. And today, I feel like boys are being raised in this kind of in-between period where they're being told maybe don't be rough and don't do these things. Mm -hmm. But intrinsically, that's how we're built. You know, when that testosterone kicks in you've, you've going to be a boy. And I like that you're letting boys be boys and girls be girls, but you're teaching them that discipline that so that later in life, they're going to grow up into the right kind of human being a good member of society, that kind of sheepdog taking care of those around you personality.
1: Yeah. And if you have those urges in your system, which you do because yeah, you're a human, but you're an also also an animal. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to want to wrestle and fight and grapple and throw rocks and, you know attack each other with sticks and find out who is the stronger kid and race each other that that's what mm-hmm. that's what kids want to do and if and if you don't let kids express that in any way well when they get older and those things start to come out they don't know how to control them and they don't mm-hmm. know the difference between right and wrong and they don't understand that that when they use force on someone, how that affects the other person and how they shouldn't abuse those things. So mm-hmm. these are all things, if you ignore them, they don't go away. They just they just become problematic. Whereas if you address them and you, you treat them with respect, then people realize that they have power and that they need to be thoughtful mm-hmm. with the power that they have.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that kind of begs the question, your childhood was kind of crazy, and the military really did turn you around. We had that happen in our own neighborhood, but can you talk about what the military did for you? Who were you before you joined the the military, and how did it shape you into the man you are today?
1: Well, I was just a rebellious kid. Um, hmm. I know I'm on the the rebel <laughs> But yeah, we started a rebellion,
0: though. This isn't about being rebellious. It's a rebellion against lifeless marriages and bad parenting. That's all.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you you are a rebel then. And I would yeah. say that was the same thing with me. Um, when I described myself as a rebel growing up, I was actually a rebel against a lot of the things that I saw around me that friends were getting into. A lot of kids mm-hmm. were getting into drugs and alcohol and uh, just doing that kind of behavior, mm-hmm. and I kind of rejected that and rebelled against it. And The way I rebelled against it was, um, you know, first of all, I didn't drink when I was a kid, which was very rare. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. you know, into yeah. hardcore music um, and, and grew up on the East Coast in the hardcore music scene. Oh. And then when I turned, you know, 17 and 18, I said, you know what? I, I What's well, the ultimate rebellion? The ultimate rebellion in my small New England town was to join the military. No one joined the military. Wow. And, and so when I joined the military, it was like, oh, wow, this this guy's doing something crazy. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I am. I'm going to go be a commando while you <laughs> all sit around and smoke pot. So yeah. I rejected that stuff and I went in the military. And the greatest thing about the military is when you get in the military, it's you're a blank slate. Mm-hmm. And it's they give you pretty clear uh, t- guidelines of what you need to do to to improve your rank and to do a good job. And it's all very clear. And mm. that's what I did. So I thought it was, a, it was a great thing for me, absolutely.
0: Yeah, you know, Thank there was you a, for your service. We absolutely. appreciate you.
1: My goodness. Well, it was an honor to serve.
0: Well, we had a kid in our neighborhood who truthfully, he's just a regular kid. He's not a bad kid. He's just a kid. He drove too fast. He was a little disrespectful, but he's not a terrible kid. He just kind of was a pain. And as a parent with young kids, he made me nervous. He drives too fast in our cul-de-sac. And, you know, when his parents would leave, he'd start smelling weed, things like that. He joined the Marines. I'm not kidding. The first day he came back from boot camp, I would have hired him on the spot. Yep. I've never seen a
1: transformation,
0: the bigger, quicker, more dramatic transformation in my life. It was yes, sir. No, sir. Looking you in the eye. He can hold a conversation. Standing. He's responsible, asking about the well-being of my kids and my wife. It was shocking. It was amazing, Jocko. It just—I thought I, I respected the military before, but in our current culture, the military can get a bad rap. And I just thought people need to know our military is doing a phenomenal job.
1: Yep. Yeah, the uh, the Marine Corps is just an outstanding organization. As as is the Army, Navy, Air Force. But you'll mm-hmm. definitely see those kind of changes take place. And, and it's because when, when you go in through boot camp, mm-hmm. you, you learn what it's like to not have the things that you grow up with. And, and so all of a sudden, all your clothes are taken away. All your you, know, you don't have a phone. You don't have internet. You have nothing. And you earn those things back and you learn what it's like to go through a little bit of suffering and you understand what sacrifice is and you learn to appreciate not just the material things, but the freedom that the world has and other people in the world and the struggles that they have. So, yeah, I, I, I love the being in the military and I think it's a great move for, for many people. Mm Hmm. Hmm. Jocko, I just want to switch gears. What would you say to the mom who, um, like, I'm looking at you going, yes, I need more discipline in my life
0: with my children. Would you have any advice to the mom sitting out there listening? Like, um, I want to tiptoe into what you're talking about, but I don't know how to do it.
1: You know, I I think you just got to be sensible. And and I think one of the big things with being a parent is you got to be consistent Mm -hmm. and speak honestly and frankly with your kids. You know someone hit me up the other day and I, and I forget what the, the basis of the question was but there was some misbehavior that was going on and I said you know you got to sit the kid down and saying hey okay I let this go a little too far I, mm. I shouldn't have done it. and now you're not performing well in school or you're now you're misbehaving or now you're treating people with disrespect it's my fault that I let this go this far I can't accept it anymore and here's the rules that we are now putting in place to ensure that this doesn't happen anymore and I get you on the right track the reason I want you on the right track is because what you do right now the track that you're on right now actually leads somewhere and I want it to lead Mm, to a good place where you're happy and you have a good Mm -hmm. job and you're stable. I don't want to lead lead it to a bad place where you're unhappy and you're broke and you're addicted Mm -hmm. to drugs or alcohol I don't want you on that track I want you on a good track so these are the things I'm gonna put in place to keep you on the right track until I see that you can stay on the track by yourself and when we get there That's great. That's fine. I'd I'd much rather you go on your own down the path, but until you figure out where that path is, I got to give you some guidance.
0: Mm. Nice. Thank you. That's fantastic. It's great advice. Jocko, I, along with a quarter million other people, follow you on Instagram, (laughs) and I've got the... uh, You, I think you and two other people, I have the alerts turned on for. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do, I get the verse of the day for the Bible. And then I see what time you woke up. You post a photo of your watch every morning. Today, it was uh, 4.33.08 a.m. You take a picture before you work out and you're incredibly disciplined. I love your workouts. I follow them. What's the rest of the family like though? How do you achieve balance? Is, is Mrs. Jocko up at four, is she working out too, or the kids there too, or, or do you have a balance where they kind of do their thing, you do your thing? How does that intersect?
1: So I'll, I'll just kind of go one by one. Uh, my wife is, is, she likes to sleep more than I do, and, <laughs> and she doesn't get up at 4.30 in the morning, but she gets up you know around 5.30 or 6.00. Hmm does stuff for the family in the morning and when the family's all at school, that's when she works out Mm. and she's uh, in great shape and and eats very healthy and just is a great person and she does all the stuff around the house and Mm. she helps me run uh, the businesses that we run. So she she does a lot of great stuff, but she doesn't mind sleeping a little bit more than me. (laughs) My oldest daughter, who's now in college, she uh, actually has the same genetic predisposition for sleep that I have, which means she doesn't need to sleep a lot, mm,
0: yeah. and
1: she was a very, very disciplined and hardworking student, and I would go to bed sometimes at 11 o'clock at night, and she would be up studying, and I'd wake up at 4.30 in the morning, and she'd still be up studying, mm-hmm. and so she is a, either that wow. or she slept for two or three hours, mm-hmm. uh, but she's just a, a very hard worker, and she doesn't need to sleep a lot, which is, which is kind of nice my middle daughter actually is a little bit more like my wife she likes to sleep in in the morning more <laughs> but she'll stay up very late at night doing her studies and preparing for school and she's a she's my my oldest daughter's a a ballerina and that's a Aww. it's almost a it's almost like a, a level of discipline in ballet which is borderline psychotic and I don't Oh know. yeah. Yeah. It
0: is. I mean I know about that. You know, pelvis is being broken and the toes and the feet and all of that. Yeah, ballerinas are super tough.
1: Yeah, she um super. she actually got more injuries from ballet than my other daughter did from uh gymnastics and wrestling. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So, we have heard that. Um yeah, and then my son my son, you know, he he actually gets up early, but he goes to bed early. And he's a freshman in high school and he wakes oh. up early and surfs in the morning. Good uh, for him. Yeah, well, they, they actually have Surf P.E. here. In
0: oh, I that's dying. the best.
1: I know. We, Is moved, that fair? we
0: moved from San Clemente to Colorado, Jocko. We were living in San Clemente down by Camp Pendleton where you are. And Surfing all the time. I'm yeah. jealous. I'm envious. That's fantastic. So do you, do you ski up there? Mm, not as much. We not snowboard. Much. Yeah. We snowboard, oh. ski a little bit. Laura does that more just because with the kids, it was kind of harder doing it with the kids. We'll but, get into but, it this year more. Yep, right. Definitely.
1: But, and then my youngest daughter, she just, uh, you know, she's a princess, so she does what she wants.
0: Awesome. <laughs> we all have it. one of those. Well, I love that you're, you've got balance too. And I think it's important for parents to know, you know, you're getting up at 430, your wife gets up at a certain time, but everybody's got their own rhythm, but you're teaching that. I want to move over into your book, uh, discipline equals freedom. Th- that is not being talked about. Mainstream media in our zeitgeist in the public culture very often, um, we are issuing discipline at every stage it seems. What, why do you believe that discipline equals freedom and how have you taught that to your children?
1: Well, the examples that I always use for discipline equaling freedom is the number one is financial freedom. And if you wanna have financial freedom, which everyone wants to have, mm-hmm. then you need to have financial discipline. That's, that's how you get there. And the other big one is free time. If you wanna have free time, which everyone wants more free time, in order to have more free time, you have to have a more disciplined time management schedule and you need to write things down that you're supposed to do. And then you need to stay on track and get them done and not procrastinate. And you need to avoid doing things that don't benefit you like watching, um, you know, hours worth of YouTube videos, which <laughs> are actually yeah. engineered to get you to click on the next video. So yep. mm-hmm. totally. if, if you have discipline, it gives you freedom. And it's the same thing with, with anything in work or anything in life, including work, the more disciplined you are at work, the, the easier time you're going to have at work, the less, the less stress you are going to have at work, the more organized you are, the more prepared you are, the easier your job is, and you'll be stress-free. So discipline equals freedom for sure. Mm,
0: love that. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, Choco, before we go, how can our listeners support military families in two ways? One, while a spouse is deployed, obviously, being a single parent is tough. How can we support that spouse? But the reentry process can be difficult. Um, I don't know what like a military person does, but I travel pretty extensively for my job, and at times, when I come home, things get disrupted. That reentry process is tough. How can our listeners support those in the military around them while a spouse is gone and then when they're back home?
1: Well, I, when, when the spouses are gone, which m- my wife dealt with that over and over again, with me being on deployment mm-hmm. over and over again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also with mo- both my parents and her parents not living anywhere close to us ever, mm-hmm. so we never had any family support whatsoever right. on, a, on a daily or weekly basis. You know, mm-hmm. her parents would come once a year, uh, my parents would come once a year or something like that, so my, it was all on my wife when I was gone. But luckily, she formed a network of friends. And when I was gone, they were great friends. They would cook dinner for her. They would watch the kids when they, you know, if she needed to do something, they would have all my kids over to her house, I mean, over to their house if Mm -hmm. my wife needed to do a project or something. So I think the biggest thing you can do is just give support, help out with, with, I would say if you think about the things that are normal that you do in your life. And if you actually drill down on those a little bit and think about how difficult they would be if you had all of your kids with you and mm-hmm. and you try and provide mm-hmm. support in those areas, you know, even something as, as simple as going grocery
0: shopping. Yeah, going to the grocery, to the grocery store. Grocery I just shopping.
1: thought of that. Yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal, right? Unless right. You got three kids <laughs> under the age of 4 and then all of a sudden going grocery shopping with three kids under the age of 4 is a complete gut check whereas if someone can come over to your house and you watch yeah. for an hour you can go knock it out you can actually probably get a cup of coffee and relax your brain at, at, at a at a coffee shop for 15 minutes as well which you which you likely need if you're mm-hmm. a mom Yeah and that's you, a great but. distinction. Oh. And I would say when the when the when the folks come home same thing you know why not why not try and maybe have a sleepover for the for the veteran's kids mm-hmm. so that, you know, mom and dad veteran can can have a night out or a weekend alone or whatever and kind of get to know each other again wow. after uh, the, the, the man or wife has been gone on a, a long, arduous deployment.
0: That's fantastic, yeah. absolutely. Thanks. Lastly, before we go, Jocko, I hear that Way of the Warrior Kid is coming out with a field guide with workouts, nutrition, sleep schedules. Is it true and when is it coming out? <laughs>
1: There's actually not a Warrior Kid uh, field manual coming out yet. Um, There probably will be. There is Way the Warrior Kid 2 book is coming out. I just Mm -hmm. finished writing it um, a couple weeks ago. It is – I I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. The book starts off with young Mark, uh, the opening scene. It is the last day of school of sixth grade. And young Mark is not in his classroom. He's in the principal's office. And he's in the principal's office because he threw a papier-mâché pumpkin at a kid by the name of Nathan James. It bounced off of Nathan James's head and hit Miss Carpenter Uh in the face. (laughs) Um, He is in there because he did that. And the reason he did that was because he lost his temper. Mm. And... Losing your temper is something that warriors can't do and warrior kids certainly can't do it. Mm. And that's one of the lessons that's in the new book is getting control of your emotions, getting control of your temper. Mm. Sure, you're not doing things that are not smart just because you're getting emotional. So that's the lessons in the new book and I had a lot of fun with it. Oh, it's
0: awesome. Thank you, Jacko. Jaco, for your service, for being bold, for being brave, and for helping us all be better parents. We owe you a huge debt of gratitude. Thank you, sir. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me on. Nice meeting you, Laura and Ryan, and I hope you you guys uh, continue to put out good word. Thank you, sir. God bless. Thank you.
0: Oh, my goodness. I had so many more questions for Jocko, but I didn't want to take any more of his time. Hopefully, we'll get to interview him again, and I can ask all the questions I have about his MMA gym, about training uh, jiu-jitsu with Dean Lister, one of the greatest practitioners of all time, but that is for another time. This book, Way of the Warrior Kid, you can find it on Amazon. It is such a great book. If you've got boys, even if you've got girls, that struggle, that you just need a little bit of help. Hey, every parent needs... A little help and this will help you in your parenting journey i promise don't forget we're in our year-end drive every donation is tax deductible and you can do so at rebel org slash donate don't forget we're on rebel live every monday wednesday friday at facebook.com slash j ryan dobson 8 pacific 11 eastern we're having a great time there god bless thanks for listening and we will see you again next week